Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Have you ever wondered why the Americans celebrate Thanksgiving? The answer to this question is a dangerous sea voyage, an uneasy truce between two peoples with very different cultures, and the birth of a new country. Exactly 400 years ago, a ship called the Mayflower arrived in Cape Cod on the east coast of the United States. The 102 passengers on board weren't explorers or pirates, adventurers, fishermen, or traders who had already crossed the ocean from Europe but ordinary men, women, and children who wanted to build a new life for themselves. However, there were people who had lived in America for thousands of years. How were they going to react to the new arrivals? The ship had landed in Massachusetts. Those living here already were the Wampanoag, meaning people of first light, one of the many tribes who lived over North America. In the past, all these people were called Indians or even Red Indians. Western films in Hollywood have tended to group all the so-called Indians in one basket. Horse-riding, teepee-dwelling, bow-and-arrow-wielding, feather-and-fringe-wearing warriors. That may have been true for some of the tribes who lived on the Great Plains of Central North America. Meanwhile, the Wampanoag lived in small round houses in villages by the sea, were famed for their artistic abilities. The passengers on the Mayflower left England because they were looking for a promised land where they could restart their lives. They were deeply religious and felt persecuted back home. They came to be known as the Pilgrims or Pilgrim Fathers. A pilgrim is someone who makes a long and difficult journey to a special place for religious reasons. Two boats left the Plymouth Harbour in late summer 1620, bound for the New World. But soon they had to turn back because one of the ships, the Speedwell, began to leak badly. It certainly was not going to live up to its name and would never make the difficult trip. So the passengers were squashed onto the Mayflower, making it very cramped indeed. The Mayflower had been built as a cargo ship to carry wine and sacks of dry food. It had high, wall-like sides that were perfect for keeping goods dry in high waves, but would have been very uncomfortable for passengers. The pilgrims were all squashed into the large communal area below deck. Each person was allocated a space smaller than a single bed, and anyone over five foot tall would have been unable to stand up straight. It would have been dark and very, very smelly. Unfortunately, they weren't able to throw out their chamber pots very regularly. A chamber pot is like your own portable toilet. The stench must have been horrific. Every day the passengers ate the same thing. Moldy cheese, salted beef, hard biscuits, dried beans, butter, cabbage, porridge, and occasionally fish. They wouldn't have been allowed to cook their own food as fires could have set the whole ship alight. The pilgrims had brought all their worldly goods with them, ready for their new life, including live animals. Squashed in, too, were sheep, goats, chickens, and dogs, 
a Springer Spaniel, and an enormous dog called an English Mastiff successfully made their way to America. They had set sail at the worst time of year, so the Mayflower hit terrible autumn storms in the mid-Atlantic. Many aboard were sick, very sick. The pilgrims wouldn't have spent much time above deck. They would have been warned to keep out of the way of the busy crew, particularly in bad weather. Some people even believe that too much fresh air was bad for you. It wasn't helped when one young passenger, John Howland, was swept off the deck and into the ocean during one particularly bad storm. He managed to grab onto one of the ship's ropes and was pulled back on board. The journey took 66 days, twice as long as expected. On the 11th of November, 1620, the crew finally caught sight of land. The plan had been to build a settlement close to Manhattan Island, where New York City is today. But the storms drove the ship off course, and they ended up 250 miles further north. If the passengers thought life would get better once they reached the New World, they were in for a shock. For almost two months, they continued to live aboard the Mayflower, as they had nowhere else to go. There were certainly no houses for them to move into. On Christmas Day, 1620, they disembarked for good. The winter was unbearably harsh. By the time spring arrived, almost half the passengers had died. Only five women of the original 19 survived the first year. 28 men and eight children also died. But there were births as well as deaths. The first came in the middle of the Atlantic, with a baby aptly named Oceanus. One morning, during the first spring, a young Wampanoag man called Somerset walked into the new colony. To the surprise of the settlers, he greeted them in basic English. A few days later, Somerset returned with another man known as Squanto. He was to be the colonists' first and most important friend. As a curious young man, Squanto had worked with the European sailors and traders who had started traveling to America. He had even made the journey to England himself. Unfortunately, he had been kidnapped by a wicked sea captain who sold him as a slave to Spain. Luckily, he was freed by some kind monks and finally managed to get a ship back home. But on his return, he found his village was empty. Everyone was dead. A catastrophic plague had spread throughout the region, killing tens of thousands of local people. They called it the Great Dying. The mysterious virus had been brought over by European traders. The Native Americans had no immunity to it, and certainly no cure. The disease consumed its victims, rotting them from within, and causing their skin to turn yellow and fall off. When Squanto met the Mayflower settlers, he agreed to help them. Their first crops failed, so Squanto showed them how to cultivate local foods. Known as the Three Sisters, corn, beans, and squash, they grew well in the poor sandy soil of Massachusetts. The pilgrims called their new colony Plymouth, after the English port. In the local language, it is Patuxet. But as the years went by, the relationship between the colonists and the Native Americans became difficult. More and more settlers arrived from Europe. Wars broke out. There were disagreements over land, 
Thousands and thousands of people died. The two peoples had different ways of life. The newcomers wanted to tame the land, build towns and cities, make money, while tribes like the Wampanoag wanted to carry on living close to nature and maintain their traditional lifestyles and culture. Today, there are just 5,000 Wampanoags left, still living in Massachusetts. Meanwhile, 35 million people scattered all over the USA claim to have had an ancestor on the Mayflower. A year after the Mayflower's landing, November 1621, the Pilgrims and some of their Wampanoag neighbors celebrated the colonists' first successful corn harvest with a three-day festival. This feast is now remembered as Thanksgiving and is held on the fourth Thursday of November. Unlike today's typical Thanksgiving dinner, there was no pumpkin pie and instead of turkey, there was lobster, goose, and venison, along with the new crops the English had learned to grow. This is why every year 330 million Americans gather to give thanks. They sit down with their families to remember that harvest in the land of plenty. Today, The Wonder Podcast was read to you by Pandora Collin. It was written by Henrietta McMicking and produced by Henrietta McMicking and Camilla Akers-Douglas. Thank you.